Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use your promo code DNVR25. You'll save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we discuss a Colorado Rockies series win on the road. Yes, we're just a few minutes removed from a, a bit of a dud loss here in the finale on a Sunday. Though, for following my mother's rule, which has is, is gained traction on Twitter, by the way, I love that people keep reminding me of this, that not all of your hometown teams can win in the same day, the Rockies did the Broncos a fantastic solid here by winning the first two games in Washington so they could lay their egg on a Sunday, let the Broncos walk away with their victory in Jacksonville. Everyone in Colorado can be happy. It's unbelievable that there's even that much winning going on when, again, depending on who you're listening to, what what media outlet or just the side of the bed you might wake up on, you can really <laughs> right. look at things as as being skewing in the negative, so to speak. But still, Broncos looking good, Rockies looking good, and coming back home to potentially spoil some postseason plans by both the Dodgers and the Giants. And so things are a little bit more brighter than yeah. we might be letting on at times. I think everyone's a little cheerier just in general when the Broncos play well. But the Nuggets are about to start. Avs are about to start. God, it's not spring. Uh, right. But, but but there is hope. There is yeah. a lot of hope these days, it seems like. Feeling good out there, you know. So the Rockies win their third straight road series. What? Uh, you know, again, like we've said before, there was a time when we were wondering whether they'd win one at all. It had gotten to the point where on DraftKings Sportsbook, we weren't taking them to beat even bad teams on the road, uh, no matter the situation. Now they've won three in a row, four of their last five, including series victories over L.A. and Atlanta, who were going to the postseason, and one over the Phillies, who were probably not now, <laughs> partially because of, of series like that. And so, you know, obviously this went over Washington not as as quality of a team as those other ones, but still 
the Rockies getting performances from the key areas that they need to yesterday, basically uh, a three-headed monster attack of Kyle Freeland getting it done on the mound, and then Brendan Rodgers and Trevor Story giving you all the offensive punch that you needed. There's a 6 nothing shutout from those guys right there. It's the boys up the middle too. And you've yeah. seen it from Elias Diaz too. Not that, uh, not that long ago, I think on Friday night. So the, yeah, they, they've been, been wonderful and right. Even despite, despite Sunday's loss, they, they had a couple opportunities, you know, they yeah. were, they were right there. And, and I would have bet very strongly that they would be able to come through given again, the opportunities that they had uh, to at least even tie it too. when it was two zero, they had the bases loaded Again, all with two outs, they were able to do that. Even in the ninth, they put uh, they was able to get a, a runner aboard, and um, they there were those chances. So again, just a really good week overall by Colorado, and uh, definitely gets you excited for this final week. And if any of the other young boys in in the the Rockies organization are are going to make a, their debut, so definitely something positive to build around. Yeah. Uh... So b- before we get too far away from today's game, because I want to talk a little bit more about the positives, and there weren't too many from today, we, we should point out our, our draft king of the game. Got to have one. And not the stat line that necessarily blows you away, but I also love the way Bud Black managed this. So we'll talk about that in a second. But John Gray, with a very solid four innings pitched, gives up the two earned runs. The first one a little bit ugly, you know, tough. He made his two-strike, two-out pitch on a fastball inside where he wanted to and it just kind of got muscled out to center field for a base hit uh, but the five strikeouts he, he still got the swing and miss stuff going and then the other run that he gave up was a homer to probably the best hitter in baseball certainly the best hitter in baseball right now since the all-star break and uh, in Juan Soto, in case any of you who have been <laughs> sleeping through the, the Juan Soto experience. And so what a joy it was to even get to, to watch Soto this weekend and, and him do some amazing things while the Rockies were still able to walk out of there with the W. But, uh, you know, for offensive purposes, John was at 70 pitches. He was going fine. But with a couple of guys on, I like that Bud Black gave Rio Ruiz a chance to see if he could come through there, provide some offense. And as we've been talking about, they've kind of been holding sort of live ammo, open tryouts out of the bullpen. Uh, we know what John Gray's got at this point. You want to make sure that he's healthy and doing well. The five strikeouts make you feel like, yep, you're good on that. Let's see who in this bullpen has got it. And the bullpen actually performed well today. So it really just came down to the offense not being able to muster anything. Um, but solid performance from John. The pen's been pretty solid as of late and they're yeah. they're making me feel better about my my prediction at the beginning of the year about them being kind of sneaky it took, took them a while to get going but uh, yeah. as you said it's been somewhat of of a tryout to a degree right with with so many of these guys and they've all looked really solid ashton godot just gave up the one run today lucas gilbreth uh helped get him out of a jam a little bit you had jordan sheffield with another scoreless inning it was yeah. he's been uh, good it's really nice to see these guys do as well as they've been. And Kinley was there too, because you know there's this chance if you tie it up, okay, you may need to get your guys going. Once it was three zero, then you know at at that point, right, it, you didn't necessarily need to go Chessine and Estevez, even though you did have the day off on Monday before the Dodgers series. So yeah, the bullpen's been a really bright spot, and they've been making up for some of those innings 
that the rotation hasn't been able to go longer. But as you said, I, I think that's the the most fair point you can make is, you know, the rotation has, has already proven itself. Like we know who one through four essentially, or we at least know four of the top five starters for the rotation next year, whether or not John Gray comes back will be the icing on the cake. But those four guys are, are going to be back next they, year. They, they, they are at least them. have, you know, right. That uh, two, at least two more years right. uh, for, for everybody in the rotation. So that's a lock. So you don't need to necessarily push them as you might in, in maybe a normal year in a normal year, you sure. may want to do that because you're thinking ahead to next year and saying, well, the innings that we can get out of a guy this year might be able to help leverage him later uh, in, in parts of the next season. Um, whether or not the Rockies are contenders is kind of moot at this point because you, we just came off the pandemic. We came off of a 60 game season. So kind of the, the rules are out the window as far as that's concerned and, uh, and, in building up these arms and, and putting additional innings on them. So, uh, I'm fine with, you know, only four innings would have liked to, to see him go out for that fifth sure. in a normal season. I think you would have, and yeah. in, in a, a ball game in May, you definitely would have, Yeah, but right now you don't. And yeah. so I think that's the right call. Bud Black is just really trying to uh, reduce any unforced errors that are going to, yeah. you know, be worse for the franchise going forward. And, and again, with John Gray being a free agent, you know, we know the Rockies are very fair to their people. And so if he's got any, you know, nagging injuries or they can always and, err on the side of caution. You could be, you don't want him to, if he goes out there in the fifth and tweaks something small right. in his probably second to last start of the season or whatever it is, third to last at most. And you like that, just everyone feels stupid. Everyone involved with that feels stupid. If that's what happens, there's no reason. So yeah, you're hundred percent. You want to err on the side of caution. Cause he's going to be a free agent. Yes. yes. They want to bring him back, but that's besides the point. Even if, even if they you weren't going to bring him is, is, is part of, Sure. And, they would and, do the yeah. same thing for Trevor Story. Like if, if if it gets to a point where he's banged up or in a blowout, which they typically do anyway. But even just before a blowout, you might go and and you know bring him back and you know, whatever it may be. So right. they're buttons do you know pushing all the right buttons. I think right now and 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 it shows seven and two road trip. Again, they they won all three series here. They're seven and two. They're road eight trip. and two in their last ten on the road. At, at, that really is incredible. There was a time earlier in the season we were talking about whether or not they could pass 14. And I was, I was, I, I would not say that I was adamant. I, I said multiple times that I thought that they would, that I did not think they were going to be historically terrible. And I, I held that on the 100 loss thing much more hard than like the 14 road losses. Cause for a minute there, you just logically couldn't find them on the schedule. You're just going, I don't, so I, I would not say I was adamant that they weren't going to be historically bad on the road um, because of just what they were doing. So it, it, it's remarkable. It's eight and two. No way. If you would have teleported us back to whatever podcast in the middle of June. No way. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. All right, I, I have a question for you. I'm just curious of your take. I, I, I'm not, not married to anything. Do you think – so I'm, I'm thinking about this because – they, they look so awful on the road and they didn't look great at home yet in the first month 
right. first two months. They look they look really good. Okay, right? but obviously yeah. they still had a big differential, but most of that most of that heavy lifting, so to speak, or most of the <laughs> sloth like behavior had to do with the incredibly low win loss record on the road. Right, and eventually. You know, guys just kind of broke out of slump. I mean, shoot, CJ Chrome was just fantastic for the – he carried the team in yeah. August, sure. Trevor Story got a lot better. Hasn't yeah. really gotten to the Trevor Story echelon, no. right? Elias no. Diaz has been somewhat mm. otherworldly. You mm. almost wouldn't say he's carried the team, and I don't know that they look to him as this big force in the lineup. It's just, hey, whatever you give us, you give us. That's great. Yeah. And so you say – what what is it that they were maybe missing in the in the beginning? And to me, the thing that jumps out of what they were missing maybe was Nolan Arenado, and not even just an all star like that, a superstar. Which sure. obviously I think that that makes up the difference for looking as bad as they did on the road. But I think it's this trickle down effect, um, much like when you talk about a bullpen and you say, okay, who's your guy in the ninth? He's locked in. All right, now you don't, you don't need someone that's another closer to, to lock down the eighth. He doesn't have to be as good. Okay, cool. That guy's in place. Then you have your seventh inning guy. It's the same thing for a lineup. And I think because they got off on the wrong foot, it it became guys just pressing too much. And maybe Story. We know I think Story pressed too much. Sure. He's becoming a free agent. He yeah. doesn't have the same guy batting behind him. Um, Charlie is just getting a little bit older, so he can only do – what he can do. And it's like this trickle down effect where everyone got a little bit worse, maybe was pressure pressing a little bit more. Do you think it's, is that too simple of a way of explaining? Is it too complex? No, no I, I think that's, I think that's certainly accurate. I mean, on the, obviously on its face, it's hard to say the offense didn't get worse with the loss of Nolan Arenado's bat. Right. And then of course, I think sure. you've, you've got the rest of the lineup like following through. I, I think you're right. It puts certain players, I think particularly Ryan McMahon into an offensive role that he maybe wasn't quite ready to be like being an above average major league baseball hitter is a really incredible thing to do in your second full season of major league baseball and, and doing it while playing otherworldly defense at two different spots is, is awesome. But you know, we also were hoping he was going to be able to replace Nolan Arenado's bat. And that just has not been the case. He hadn't been that star level of hitter. He's been a good hitter. Uh, so, yeah, no, I agree with that. But I would almost I would take your your whole point here and just extend it. I would say it's probably true of the lineup. I think it's worse in the bullpen. I think it's the the Scott Oberg. The not having of, or or again to your point, if it's not Nolan Arenado that particular type, but but Oberg specifically, you know, you never knew for sure that he was going to be healthy, so it's a little bit different. But your particular point about the domino effect of not having Scott Oberg, because if Scott Oberg is your closer this year and a good one, and he's he's the player that he was in eighteen and nineteen, which was one of the best relievers in the National League. And if he's that guy, then you're never married to Daniel Bard as your closer. He's kind of a setup guy all year. It's easier to move him out of that role as guys like Estevez or whomever else. So a lot of other guys can slide in and, and your bullpen's maybe not quite so much of a disaster. And then this team could have maybe sneakily competed for a, a wild card spot, believe it or not, with a healthy and, and really good Scott Oberg. But yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's wild to think about. Yeah, what did they did? What did they not have? Yeah. And and with the domino effect, I think the reverse is true for the rotation. The 
the strongest part of the team. It was, I don't know what the opposite of a domino effect would be. It would be as a, uh, uh, a, a pillar effect where you're not going to knock these pillars over because they had the depth and because they had consistency and such quality, no one was pressed to, Oh my gosh, we got to break this losing streak. And I, th- I think to a degree, Herman Marquez had to do that a couple times on the road yeah. when they were, when they were really scrapping, but then at, at various points, sure. Different guys stepped up and it was good. <laughs> there were, there was more of a balance, I think right. in the starting rotation and, and certain guys have had their ups and downs um, not- overall. It's, they've been very good, but they haven't been like, all right, who are we throwing out there today? Right. At least not for long durations of time. Sure. Chichi Gonzalez, you know, might've been that guy, but that's once every five days. They've always they always had the four linchpins, so to speak, and I yeah. think the lineup was missing a big linchpin with Nolan, and right. as you said, Scott Ober was that linchpin in the bullpen, right? And that's that's kind of the calling card. It's like you almost need that. It's not like you need a, a superstar in each three of those. Linchpin is the right word. You you, you, you got it right there. You got it right there. You need that that linchpin, that guy that brings it all together and lets everybody do what they're supposed to do. You know, we keep having these debates about Ryan Maltapi and he's been bad since he's come back off the, the IL and the toe hasn't been there and everything is good. But like you live, Ryan Maltapi is a great addition to your lineup. If he's your fifth, sixth, seventh best hitter and you've got, that allows him to fall into the role that he's supposed to do. You don't need him to hit the ball in the air more because the guys behind him, are crushing the ball in the air, but that's what they haven't had, right? So I like your word. We got to, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that moving forward, especially as we start looking, you know, looking in the off season at free agency and stuff. Could this guy be a linchpin? That's a great word. That's, that's one we'll have to keep our eyes on. Also keeping my eyes on Breck. I'm drinking water today. Got my Breck brew situation settled for later on. Go on down to the DMVR bar, get a larger Breck brew if you're a member of the family. Subscribe today to dnvr.com, access all the written content, that big old beer. You get discounts on hats and shirts. You get a free shirt when you get the annual, uh, including the newest one that just dropped today. Congratulations to Teddy Bridgewater on the biggest accomplishment of your career is getting a shirt from D-Line Co. Absolutely. Uh, so you got to be excited about that. You get access to our Discord channel where you get to come and hang out, talk about baseball 24-7, all the other sports, what movies, television you're watching lately, what you've been cooking, uh, where you've been snowboarding or skiing. That season's coming up here pretty soon. If you've been hiking out here, taking photographs in the summertime or the fall, you can say we've got some, some of you leaf peepers. Foliage. It's foliage season. Fo- foliage season. So you got to get out there, uh, check all that stuff out, subscribe to the dnvr.com and become a member of the family today. One of the uh, great things that you get for being a member of the family is getting hooked up with all of our fantastic sponsors, like my favorite Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu Beef. You know, it's completely changed how I set up my meal situation. I do not buy beef from the grocery store anymore because I'm not a sucker, essentially. <laughs> like, look, I want better tasting beef. I don't want hormones and antibiotics and all that garbage that gets into the animal. It's terrible for them. It's bad for the environment. It's bad for you when you put that stuff in your body. It doesn't save you any money. It's not cheaper. I I, I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> Go to Hassle Cattle Company instead. H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. Get your Wagyu beef. 
Use promo code DNVR10 to get 10% off. And if you order over 200 bucks, they'll hook you up with free shipping. I usually get a bunch of ground beef and ground chuck because that's the best bang for your buck. Uh, but I actually ordered a few more hamburgers and steaks this time around, treating ourselves. Uh, whichever way you're going, 100% positive reviews. Where have you heard that before about anything? I'm still waiting for somebody to tell me, oh, man, I was, I was mildly disappointed, vaguely a hint of the, the packaging was offensive to my sense of it. nothing. <laughs> There's been no negative reviews on Hassle Cattle Company. The, I'm I'm a, I'm upset actually at them, but it's for a good reason because. You know, there, there's all these idioms I like to throw around, and one of them is when it comes to your health, like, oh, you pay now or you pay later, right? Like, either take good care of yourself now or later on, you'll end up having to pay for all kinds of medicines and stuff. And you're like, well, as you talked about, the quality of the beef and everything, how much it's so much better. So you're, you're focusing on being healthy now, but you're not actually paying now because right. as you said the prices are so good right. so they're flipping it totally on its head it's like oh wait a minute they're having their cake and eating it too except it's beef except it's beef. <laughs> they're having their beef they're having their meat pies and eating and it too eating it too well someone who is having his meat pies and also eating them too is brendan Rogers, we got to talk about this young man. Patrick. The stinger? Are we talking about the stinger? That's right. That's right. I've, yeah. I, I've got to get on board full time with this thing. We need the D line shirt. This needs to catch on on Twitter. Everybody out there, uh, love that our guy Ted. Uh, good for. I haven't seen Ted in forever. I need to. I need to hit him up. He's uh, a ghost. Drew. Ted, he's, the ghost. You're not really going to see. You might feel his presence. Yeah. But you don't. You're not really going to see our, our buddy yeah. Ted. Great. Music, great mind for like classic rock music. Like he's, you gotta, one of the greatest Rockies fans in the world. I'm sure everyone here is following him on, on Twitter and, and through his, like it's, it, it so works perfectly. If he hits a home run, it's the stinger splash. And I know he just recently got into pro wrestling as well. 2143. Um, so he's a recent convert to this whole thing and he's getting in on it and learning the history. It's like, and I love that. So stinger splash. Yes. The stinger. He is. If he's B Rod, what is a B Rod if nothing but a stinger? There you go. And, and Sting is already taken by Mr. Uh, I forgot his name. Gordon Sumner. Gordon Sumner. That's Sting's real name. The musician. Oh, oh. Gordon Sumner. Not to be oh. confused with the wrestling Sting. <laughs> who's like, Steve Borden? Steve Borden. That's correct. All right. Look, I knew both of them. I knew there Steve Gordon. I had never, I don't believe I've ever heard Sting's. Gordon Sumner? Oh, the police, that's... Gordon Sumner. I had not heard that before. Yeah, but I don't know what, which which is cooler, Sting or Gordon Sumner? Mm. I think you went, I think you went right, uh, right choice on the don't Sting. Fun fact, don't my sting. wife, my wife hates Sting. Really? I don't know why. I think it's just his voice. Even the police, even a good police song is on. Just one of those things where it's like, no, I can't do this. I, I, the only thing I can actually play that I can like sneak past her is Dire Straits Money for Nothing because oh. Sting is in the background going, I want my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, we're getting, we're getting off track as, yeah. as we should when we're talking about the Stinger because he makes you sure go all over the place with his opposite field road homers. He's a road warrior. I mean, there's another there's another wrestling reference. Water. He's a road warrior. He's a uh, singer. He's beasting. So, 
I got his uh, I got a splits right in front of me. 42 home games this year, 168 plate appearances, hitting 295 at Coors Field. Very, very nice. On base 339, that'll play. Slugging 417. That's kind of funny and interesting that it's fine. Uh, only two homers at home so far this year. 11 doubles, though. On the road, 47 games, 191 plate appearances, 282, so a little bit lower batting average, 335, just a little bit lower on base. But the 537 slugging, he has hit 12 of his now 14. Well, in that, oh, yeah, no, no, nobody, nobody scored anything today. I was thinking of yesterday's game. So, yeah, he's hit 12 of his 14 home runs on the season out on the road. And that kind of production is, all, all, well, I don't know that it's incalculable or in value. Like we can't measure the value of it, but we don't for the Rockies. We don't. We Gerardo Parra did this in like 17 and 18 when it really mattered, right? Because the Rockies were going mm -hmm. to the postseason. But if Brennan Rogers was doing this in a year like that, I would be screaming my head off about this because it's so unusual throughout Rockies history. And even their best players have failed to have seasons like this. And it's hard to explain how it happens or why it happens or if it'll ever happen again. It may not. It probably won't. But just that he can, just that there's something about the way he's built and about his swing and about his approach on offense that allows him even the possibility to battle through the Coors Field hangover effect to be this successful, it has to get you excited if you've been paying any kind of attention to Rocky's history. This is big news. <laughs> I think he's, and you know, this is a phrase that gets thrown out a lot. If if you if you've ever been in a clubhouse, or even if you're just listening close enough to baseball players who use the same kind of phrases over and over again, we know that great scene from Bull Durham where, yeah, you're just, yeah, I'm just trying to help the team out. We're trying to win some ball games. Blah blah blah. It's, you know, he's staying within himself. Yeah, because. You know, I, I'm not sure how much power Brennan Rodgers really has, and who cares? Like, that, it, it doesn't matter. Just be productive at the plate. And he's being productive at the plate. And I think, for whatever reason, the ball hasn't been traveling enough for him at home. And I think a lot of that has to do with the larger outfield there in center and the, the Breidich barrier in right center. Right. And on the road, it's – I'm not going to say it is carrying, but – the fences are a little bit closer. They're they're reasonable, right? right. They're they're a normal length. Coors right. Field, not normal. Right. So you look where those home runs are going too. Where's where is he hitting them on the road? He's he's not pulling down the line. Right. He's not you know it, it, hitting a pop up over the green monster in left field or in right field or pulling it around the pesky pole. He's hitting them to center, right center. Right. So you mentioned the barrier, and I went, right yep. I, I could think of. I immediately thought of three home runs he's hit on the road, including his most recent one, the three-run jack that essentially was a game winner. It was nice that Story had his as well, but uh, with the shutout, you know, the early home run from Rodgers was the game winner in that one, and it's it's into the barrier at Coors Field. Absolutely. That's a double off the wall, which still would have scored a couple. And to your point, that's the, the point of staying inside of himself. It would appear these statistics are telling us that Brendan Rodgers is more than happy to take his double off the Breitich barrier at home. If that drives in a couple and he's got to wait for the next guy to drive him in, that's fine. And these kind of, and a lot of them have been kind of wall scrapers. Like I know he's got some natural pop in there, but he generates, it's, it's bat speed. It, it's a, it's an almost perfect right-handed 
swing for getting the ball into the air with line drive pace. And so sometimes that's going to be double. And, and you're right. I think it's going to depend on his environment. And as long as he doesn't, you know, freak out and go, I got to hit more home runs at home. Like just, just do what you're doing. Cause right now, you know, like I read those splits, that's almost even a 295 batting average at home, 282 on the road, but he's slugging more on the road. You do that for your whole career. You're going to end up <laughs> putting up numbers. that A lot of Rocky, good Rockies hitters haven't been able to do because the road has sapped them of so much of their potential production. It's, I, I want to say it's a slump proof swing, but that suggests that the hitter has some kind of control when you play for the Rockies. That just isn't true because yeah. again, they're, it's a different environment. You're almost playing at different levels, not different, necessarily different leagues. Like you're going from triple a, uh, when you're on the road and then it's like double a pitching at home. It might be yeah. somewhat like that, like to a degree there, there could be that variance. Um, so it's not necessarily fair to put that, you know, on, on, on the individual players, but it's, it's slump proof in the sense that it's very rare that you have those hitters to, for, for Colorado that can be productive at home. And then when you go on the road, they're still going out and doing it. You know, yeah. he's, he's leading off each game, you know, getting on base and, and getting his hit early out of the way and by leading off. He's doing it from the second spot in the order. And, you know, not, not to throw a wrench into the conversation, but talked about dominoes a little bit, you know, what happens next year if Trevor Story's not around? Cause that, that's right. part of the protection. That's part of that trickle down effect. And again, if they can, you know, sign somebody else to fit in that spot, that's going to be good. But you can see how, again, once guys are maybe having to play outside of themselves and, and they're not getting that support, that's something you can't calculate. Just like you can't calculate chemistry in a, in a clubhouse. We're seeing that in San Diego right now. With I was just, just going to at each other. I think, I think that's going to be okay though. I think that'll actually be well, okay. But you can't calculate though. chemistry and you can't calculate how much support having so-and-so on deck and you go, crap, I got to face, you know, I, I got to get this guy out because I, I want to face the guy on deck. Right. Rogers is benefiting from that, which is a good thing. There's plenty of guys that have hit in front of Story and Blackman and Arenado in the past that haven't been that productive with, right. with those same guys. So, right. you know, that's not taking anything away from it, but. You, you got to hope that as long as he stays within himself, you know, he doesn't have to think, oh, story's gone. Now I have to be this. Like we, we essentially just said, you know, Ryan McMahon has maybe tried to do that a little bit at parts of this year. Like just be yourself. And if, if that's all you do, guess what? You're going to have a very, very productive season because you're a talented ball player. Yeah. Yeah, when you uh, made your, your Padres analogy, I thought you were going to go a slightly different direction with it, though I do think the chemistry thing is an interesting point to make because of the error from Fernando Tatis Jr. playing center field today, for those of you that, that saw that. And that was a conversation you and I had on this show, and we don't usually break down the defensive strategies of other teams <laughs> in depth when the Rockies aren't playing them. But moving Fernando Tatis Jr. probably – you know, definitely a top three, four MVP candidate in the National League, despite missing big chunks of time with injury. 
and a, one of the best shortstops we've seen in quite some time. We took him and said they were going to play him in the outfield. We had some thoughts about it, and, and we talked about, you know, not whether or not he was necessarily going to be a disaster defensively, and he's mostly been okay, despite, you know, a, a, that being a, pr- a pretty bad play. But also just what kind of – this is apparently the watchword, take take a drink of your Breck Brew every time we say domino effect on today's show because they haven't played well. They haven't been winning. He's not in a place where he feels comfortable if he's making mistakes like that and getting in screaming matches with Manny Machado. And I agree with you. That did seem more like a, hey, let's effing go. Come on, man, let's go type of conversation. And, and that can be good. But it doesn't play that way when you're losing. That's always that's that's the other. That's why it's happening in the first place, right? And then when you turn around and lose the next day again, and then the Cardinals are on this incredible run, and now they've got the wild card spot. It seems like completely within their grasp, and the Padres look like they're totally falling apart. And and it reminds me of that old phrase: How many times in my life have I been told you're doing too much? But I do feel like you know the Padres, like I don't know, maybe moving. Tatis Jr. into the outfield. It's not directly responsible, but it feels like a, a, a symptom of all the, you're doing too much. And, and on the Rodgers situation, to, to bring it back to, and you can comment on Padres stuff if you want to, but just to tie those two things together, um, you know, I, I know there's been some talk and some consideration. Could Rodgers just take over at shortstop next year so the Rockies don't have to go out on the free agent market for him? And so that, again, begs the question of, do you want to do that? Do you want to move him out of his comfort zone and present him with a whole new challenge? He just got comfortable at the big league level, <laughs> right? Is that really what – look at how great Tatis is. moving. And like I said, he have not even been terrible in the outfield, but he doesn't look comfortable. And no one on that team looks comfortable right now. There's something to think about. And can you make the same case as far as changing positions and thus changing roles? Can you make the case for Ryan McMahon the last – two, three years where he just seemed ready to break out and be a superstar. And I think there's still that chance where he, he has the all-star potential, maybe not superstar potential now, maybe not superstar, but definitely all-star potential. Sure. And how much did that have to do with getting moved around and not having a stable spot to just be himself? So that that's going to be interesting for the first time. When have the Rockies ever outside of, you know, become an expansion team. Have the Rockies ever really had to worry about their shortstop situation? Shortstop, never. Answer never. no. Because yeah. even even when you had the it even was... when stories came up, you're like, oh, Reyes is the guy. Okay, for a time being, whatever. And then all right, we'll just we'll throw story in there. He kind of earned it. And so you weren't really worried. It was just all right. Yeah. Even that, even even that you mentioned is like it's weird that Jose Reyes ever played shortstop for the team. There's a couple of randos throughout the years, but it really is a straight line from like Walt Weiss mm-hmm. to Navy Perez, uh, a little bit of like Juan Uribe, a, there are a couple little randos before you get to Troy Tulowitzki, who holds down that spot for seven and a half years, hands it straight to Troy, uh, Trevor Story. Like you said, there's a little bit of Jose Reyes in there and that, that half season after the trade that was weird. Um, but then Trevor Story takes over the next year, six years, as as Rocky shortstop, so yeah, they've never really gone out in free agency and been like, we kind of need a shortstop. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. And, and I would understand the temptation to just say, hey, you know, we got guys that can play second. 
you know, we got a bunch of dudes that can play third. Let McMahon play second. Let Valade and Welker, and although I think they like Valade in the outfield more now, he still can play third. Welker can play third. Um, it is a third baseman. Um, Half of the 40-man roster can play third. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and outfield. Third base right. and outfield. Um, and Harris Montero, right. It's so, so you've got third baseman. So I would understand the temptation to just take McMahon, put him at second, take Rodgers, put him at at short and go, okay, now we can just go big in the outfield. But I worry about doing that to Brendan Rogers. I Alan would Trejo. look at Alan Trejo's numbers in triple a, you can go defense He's first at that spot. If you go get big hitters in the outfield. Yeah. Don't hate it. Eh, don't hate it. Uh, tell you a few other things that I don't hate. In fact, I absolutely love our friends at ball. You might've been noticing my giant water glass that I'm drinking out of here because I always repurpose the material that I get from ball. Just, this was probably a pickle jar at some point or, or some peaches or any kind of things you could put in here. But then, I mean, why would you throw out good quality, well-made material like this? Everything that they make at ball is good quality, sustainable material. This here happens to be glass. They're really into the aluminum thing these days, trying to make that the material of the future because it is so eminently reusable. They've got off the charts ratings from environmental groups, from human rights groups who look in uh, how they treat their employees. And it, it really is a fantastic, fantastic situation. So if you're looking for some work, you should check out our friends at Ball and you know you're going to be headed down to Ball Arena here very soon anyway. So you might as well get involved. Make it a full circle part of your life. Text GOLDEN to 77222. You get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. It's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. Or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. Uh, and of course, uh, once you're making your money with your job, <laughs> down there at the Ball Corporation. You can spend a few bucks on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can make a little bit of money. Sometimes just make a little bit of extra fun. Uh, whatever it is, whether it's uh, the newly exciting football season, you get overs and unders on touchdowns or who's going to win by a certain number of points, which is oftentimes a lot easier to, to get into, I find, in the NFL. You're I, I want everyone to keep betting on baseball, but I will, will say if you've only bet on like baseball once or twice and it's broken your heart and you've been like, I'm not sure I want to do this because I thought I knew based on the pitching matchup that day. And then by the third inning, that guy was out of there and it was a seven to one game and everything went to hell. It's like, yeah, baseball. <laughs> but a lot of times in the NFL, you, you, you can hone in pretty closely on that. It's, it's a whole lot of fun, whether you like taking the big risks or going with the stuff that, you know, download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. It's promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I'm still blown away at the fact that it might even be more fun to use the DraftKings Sportsbook app once the game has started than before the game has started. Yeah. Like besides the fact for baseball you can bet on the balls and strikes. But okay. like the the Padres Cardinals game, it was just plus six ten for the Padres to come back and win. And we talked about it on the show yesterday impressed. about Friday night's game where it was plus three seventy five after Rogers Homer. And even before that, I 
was thinking about putting something on the line because I'm like, uh, there's something about this game in the Nationals, and they've been playing so strong yeah. at home that I think I think the Rockies will come back and win it. And even if, yeah, and even if you put put a dollar bet, even and even if you go Drew style with one buck, guess what? That's it, it would be seven to eight dollars to one. You lose, you lost a buck, you win. You you could have a tenner in your pocket for for sensing this thing well, that you've invested. Yeah, you've invested all this time all season long. Now is the time when it really should pay out. And, you know, the Rockies have just – they've been playing by the book in the sense that they're trending upwards on the road. We talked all season long about how they've been playing in four-game series. Right. And, you know, they weren't able to win all four against Atlanta, but they they still almost had the three, you know, three out of four similar to the you know the Cardinals series and even the 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 second game that they lost was close before Feltner made his debut so it's like they've been very consistent you know not from April to now because again they're playing really no. well on the road since but May 18th it's it's been linear almost the yeah. growth has been like linear and so you could kind of bank on that that's why so our over/unders have been you know so much around the same spot up until this road trip where they just totally blew it out of the water. Yeah, it's yeah, you're right. It's been this kind of slow and steady thing since the end of May. Uh, but I do think that's the best. Like if you have a, a skill, yeah. if, if you can say that like betting, you know, if you've got a like a, a sort of natural instinct toward certain things, like I've said, mine is is calling the home run. Like that's what I've always felt like I, I can feel like, though. I, I'm, I've got to double check if you can do that in game because I'm usually better at it. Like, well, for, certainly for at bats, and there's going to be huge payoffs. You say for this at bat, I think this guy's going to hit a home run. That's awesome. But the comeback, if you're if you can smell a comeback, if you're one of those people that feels like you can sense, like, yeah, okay, this team's up three early, but so and so's not pitching well. They've got a crap bullpen because that's when your odds get astronomical. That's when you can really start making some money. You you see a team down early and you go, mm, I smell a comeback. That's when you hop on there. You can you can bet just on a home run being hit in the inning. So again, Padres Cardinals mm-hmm. going on right now, plus three sixty. Yes, for Homer. It, you don't even have to specify the team. Just, just yep, it's going to happen. Someone's hitting a home run. This someone's hitting a home run. Can Matt Holiday come back and play? I could make some. I uh, that's the one guy I could predict when he was going to hit a home run. I don't know why. It was just like, oh yeah, he's due. He's ready. This guy, especially like again, if you could do it in bat, if somebody fell behind three one, it's like you have two options right now. <laughs> you walk him, or he's gonna hit a home run, <laughs> and he did. That was pretty much it. Um, so long as he doesn't need to hit a sack fly, because it felt like there were several times in 2018 where it was okay. We need a sack fly. Holiday's coming up. He'll he'll get you that sack fly. Oh, if he hits a homer, great, but. He's going to hit you a nice little sack fly. He's, he has that skill that seems to evade Joey Gallo at this point. My goodness. I don't <laughs> don't know how that's even possible. Um, all right. Before we get into this last little bit, do want to remind everybody to get Manscaped. Get yourself Manscaped, fellas. It's 2021. You don't want to be all gross and sticky down there. You want to feel good. You want to smell good. You want to be good, and you want to get taken care of, and that's why you got to use promo code DNVR20 at Manscaped. Hold up. <laughs> I'll get you the proper code. Is it 20? or It's just DNVR at Manscaped.com. Get you 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. You want to take care 
of your downstairs and you want your downstairs taken care of. And so that's the best way to go about it. Cannot recommend highly enough. And straight up, fellas, between us, life hack. Are you listening? Wash the thing. It's a great razor. You can use it anywhere. <laughs> it's and a great razor. Can... And we're entering the time of year where you're going to drive around and in a couple of weeks, all the trees, you're going to you're going to start looking at trees and thinking about getting yourself manscaped as, as less and less leaves decorate those gigantic pieces of wood. You know what? This yeah. analogy kind of really went off the tracks. Uh, no, I was with it. I was with but, it. Just <laughs> to say, yeah, manscape trees, leaves falling off, bare, bare yeah. trees. Uh, it looks nice. Uh, our guy, Mark, and I, I did, Mark, you, you had mentioned this on the show uh, like a week or so ago. That's why I sent out that tweet that I'm sure you saw uh, about the Rockies and whether or not they could win the NL East uh, or, or would be in the in the hunt, really, in the NL East is the way I, I chose to phrase it. There's a lot of different ways that you can look at that. But it did get me on that statistic, and we'll talk about this now, because they don't play in the NL East. They they play in the NL West, and uh, they're they're about to face those two teams, the two best teams in baseball, uh, who they are nine and twenty-five against uh, on the season, or is it nine and twenty-six? I've got the wrong stat in front of me, uh, but yeah, they've been essentially they've been way way under five hundred against the Dodgers and Giants, and they're above five hundred against everybody else. Uh, now they're six or seven games above five hundred against everybody else, uh, but. So, yeah, you can pontificate, and I do, because some people were saying, well, if you just take their record against everyone else and kind of extrapolate it, here's where they'd be, right? But, of course, you know, it's not just that easy. You have to play 19 games against the teams in your division. So you replace enough games with those teams, and, and you can't help but wonder. But, alas, that is not the way it works. So, Patrick, they return home to face the Dodgers and the Giants, who they only have nine collective wins against on the season. Can they ruin some days? That's a hard question. I, I thought about that going into today's show because if you beat the Dodgers twice and then you beat the Giants twice, they they kind of balance out in a weird way. So really, right. you're just <laughs> frustrating. You have to pick one. It's it's just just frustrate them. No matter no matter what, just right. frustrate the situation. And I don't necessarily think it. It matters. Uh, do, do you want you know two wins against the Dodgers? And hey, you're going to beat the Giants once. I, just frustrate. That's it. Just frustrate. Go out. I want to just. I would take. I would take uh, a nine-game losing streak to end the season. If you saw Welker start a majority of the games and he hit something like 325 at home, hits two home runs. Right, gets his first one on the board. Ryan Belade right. starts seven of the nine. He gets two home runs. He hits 300. You get Ryan Ralston coming up to make his major league debut and maybe even gets two starts. Peter Lambert comes out, makes a couple appearances. Maybe he starts. Maybe he comes out of the bullpen. Piggybacks with Ryan Feltner, whatever it is. That's what I would love to see more than anything else. Good old son of Steve Bob, Robert Stevenson. Give me more of him doing great. Give me Lucas Gilbreth in high leverage situations. Jordan Sheffield doing more of that. Justin Lawrence, bring him up once the isotope season, you know, comes to a close. There's again, you're only 28 guys. You can only add two more guys onto the roster here in September versus in the past where you could have all 40, you know, all 40 guys on the 40 man roster. 
you know, pile into the dugout. So, but you could easily just mix and match and, you know, send a guy down, even though the triple A season is over. So maybe Ben Bowden comes back, but those, those big two names of Welker Verlade and give me a Rawlson or Lambert, preferably Rawlson because Lambert's just coming back from Tommy John surgery. So it, it, it doesn't really matter quite as much because he's, he's far from a, a finished project, so to speak. We'll have a much better idea of how the surgery went and how his rehab has gone next summer. Like that's, that's right. how far. So give me those three guys and I'll sacrifice all the wins at home. But everything you just said is far more important and, and correct. Let me feed the people a little sugar. Let me get the people hopped up on a little bit of cake and ice cream Ooh. before they've had their Sunday evening dinner here. This is for Mark and Will and, and Wild the Innocent, everybody here in the comments with us all the time, too. Here's what you want. Sweep the Dodgers. Me. Sweep them. Beat them three out of three. Mark's picking three. Sweep them. You know why? Because it would feel absolutely phenomenal to sweep the Dodgers. And with the way you're playing right now, with how dominant you've been at home, it would feel really, really good. And potentially there's some psychology moving forward there. If you are going to be competitive in the future with a lot of these same guys, knowing you can beat those guys is important. If you disagree with that sentiment, I highly recommend going back to 17 and 18 and reading the stories from the major publications about the mental hurdle of the Colorado Rockies inability to beat the Dodgers. So sweep the Dodgers. That's a feeling that'll linger in the feet of people like Ryan McMahon and Brendan Rogers and Kyle Freeland and Homer Marquez. Win two out of three against the Giants. You want to win the series at home. These are also the only two teams that have gotten you in the National League at home. The Rockies have lost home series to the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Oakland A's. Damn it, Oakland. That's who they've lost to. You want to get them back for that. They swept you last time in your spot, did San Francisco. So you want to mess up their season. But I think because it's funnier for all of us, the Giants winning the division is still better. Because <laughs> no still doubt. screw the Dodgers, right? So sweep the Dodgers, take two out of three, against San Francisco, then you can finish on this ridiculous high, uh, get, you know, take Washington out. You're fine with that. Take two or three or, or even go out on a sweep in Arizona. You'll catch the Padres. If you do that, you might even end up right at a five. I didn't, I didn't do the math just now. Like it's been close to 500, all this other stuff. And, you know, I don't buy into a lot of the narratives about how it's bad when the when the team wins and stuff. So I'm, I'm less concerned about that, but just from a, a sugar pie in the sky standpoint, for those of you who just want to see the Rockies mess stuff up, F shit up down the stretch. That's what you want. Um, and yeah, while the innocent, then we all kick back and watch the wild card game of the Dodgers versus the Cardinals, Clayton Kershaw versus Adam Wainwright. That sounds like a fantastic ball game. And if the Dodgers end up losing it, you can feel, Inside, like you had a little part in that. Care <laughs> that sweet you know, I do want to say careful what you wish for because what if the uh, – I think it's more good than bad, but it is bittersweet. And we're trying to stay sweet. You, Dolan Arenado with the walk-off winner or oh, yeah. 
the, the night well, wouldn't be a walk off. No, it's gonna be in LA. No, no, no. Once, once the postseason, where the regular season ends, the postseason starts. If Nolan Arenado is is in there and doing the thing, you want nothing other than. Well, I'm sure there. I know there are a lot of uh, people in our Discord who can't stand the Cardinals, so I'll be careful here. But I want them to go on and win the whole damn thing. You know, I, I said at the beginning that I, I thought there's a chance Nolan could be MVP and that team would win the division and do some stuff. And they look so bad. And yeah, I reveled in them being bad too. Uh, but no, I mean, a walk-off win for Nolan over the car or over the, over the Dodgers would be, be phenomenal. Be great. Can you, do you know what just happened? What did I do? This is the birth of a segment. This is the birth of a segment. All right. This segment will be called too sweet too where sweet. We make up a scenario that's just so sweet. Okay, yeah. And it might not happen, and it's, it's probably not sweet. going to happen. But I like I it because you're talking about having the dessert, sweeping the Dodgers, all these things. How about this for being too sweet? Cardinals, Dodgers, cards beat the Dodgers. Whatever it is, this postseason, Nolan Arenado has a wonderful time in St. Louis, wins his ring. Right. Then opts out and yep. comes back to Colorado. Hey, now there's some too sweet. Okay, that again. Did you hear the interview recently to... where he was like, "I wish I'd handled things differently." There's, like, there's like zero I... chance. Yeah, no. we know. Well, hey, LeBron came back to Cleveland after he it, did what he did. Right. Bret Hart is in the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame. So too sweet. <laughs> too sweet. I think we, that might have already gone off the rails. Oh. I like it. Could I'm be. A- Okay, let's if we're gonna do the, the going crazy, let's get segment, crazy. How about this for one slightly more realistic than Nolan coming back? I like this, Mark. If Atlanta struggles a little bit, everything's more realistic than Nolan. <laughs> everything is more realistic. Right, what what more do you got, Mark? Be super excited. The Rockies get to play the extra game after the season because when uh, when you weren't here for that one episode, we had Goody on. He talked about they probably won't make up that game, but if Atlanta falters for whatever reason, the idea that the Rockies could get like a special playing like kind of honorary postseason game that would not have otherwise existed and if they beat atlanta to knock them out of the postseason let's go <laughs> come on there yeah that that's almost like a relegation game because it's not a a true postseason game like we gotta win this it's just let's not get embarrassed or let's not be taken for taken advantage of or be be taken for granted Right. So you've got that. I like that. I like that for too sweet. If they have I to like that. Play Atlanta. That would you be know, amazing. To go back to what you were saying, though, great point about kind of building these these pieces because there's a lot of young guys on the that are going to be on the team for a few years to come. So you want them to have that success against the Dodgers. I think honestly, one of the reasons why Daniel Murphy came in 2019 was because of his success against the Dodgers. And you say, oh, this could be the guy that snaps that. But I don't know that it's realistic that the Rockies are really going to ever, at least in the near future, beat the Dodgers. I think beating the Giants could be more valuable. So I I almost think sweeping the Giants could have better value and better ramifications going forward. But either of those, winning either of those series, taking two out of three from either the Dodgers or the Giants, I think is, it could be a really, you know, big thing to, to help slingshot them into the future, definitely taking two out of three against the nationals, which they should be able to do. And then winning one and then not getting swept. So right there you're going five and four on the homestand against 
two powerhouse clubs in the NL. Right. I'd, I'd sign up for that. Yeah. That wouldn't yeah. be too sweet. That'd be, no, that'd be just right. Just I, I think right. that's, yeah, <laughs> that, that seems much more plausible and, and uh, maybe even expectable. That's not a word. Could be. <laughs> you know what that it makes sense. You know what I mean? Expectable. It's, it's expectable. I guess it, I guess it is. It's expectable. Just sounded weird though in, in that particular phraseology. Well, I shall expect it then, sir. Huh. I like that. All Too right. Well, this is the birth of a segment. I like it. We're, we'll, we'll get graphics. Yeah. Too get sweet. crazy with these things that could happen. You never know. Look, is it too sweet? The only it, coming back is too sweet. That's, that's gross. Before the season started, you picked them to win 66, 67 games. I picked them to win 70. 70, yeah. Um, you know, I was you're gonna win that one. You're gonna win that until, but I'm still. It looks like probably again they, they could go on the tank. I'm, I'm gonna come out low. Yeah, and that's funny. I've actually every year except for 19 and 20, I've actually been under in my Rockies <laughs> preseason prediction. It's just kind of fun. Well, we were just talking about home games, I think, right? <laughs> so yeah. really, we were dead on. We were just talking about <laughs> we were just, just the, I didn't know um, you meant for the whole season. But if if we'd have been doing uh if we'd have been doing too sweet at the beginning of the year and laid out, okay, how will it go? It might have looked something like this, you know? <laughs> I've been like, okay, how would, yeah. how would they outperform expectations in a, you know, uh, the the only way to make it do a legitimately too sweet would have had the bullpen not being bad and them somehow sneaking their way into wild card contention. But everything else that's kind of gone right for them here in these last couple. That's of a good months. point. That's a good. That's a good point. Like you go, you know, to win eighty one games, you'd be like, how? What? How? Yeah. How? Right? right. So like uh, seventy eight might have been the uh, reasonable. Like again, too sweet is just you're taking a a gigantic ladle and you're just putting it into a bowl of sugar and eating that. Like you're no, Hey, Rockets win the world series. Put your ladle of sugar down. Right. That is far too right. sweet, but just what would be crazy enough that it could happen. 78 to 81 wins and they might get there. Might actually do it. So, yeah. uh, wild, the innocent better record than the Mets. If we would have told you on opening day, Rockies have, a legitimate chance to have a better record than the Mets. People are going, no, no. The New York Mets acquired Francisco Lindor to play shortstop. The Colorado Rockies gave away their Nolan Arenado, their third baseman. The Rockies will be just as good as those Mets. Yep. Yep. Wow. Uh, that's why we play the games, baby. That's, that's why, why I love this game too. Love it. So if you love it, if you're loving it, you're going to keep watching these, especially at home along with us. Hang out with us on social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You can, of course, and should, of course, subscribe to the DNVR.com so you get access to all the written content. You get discounts on hats and shirts, a bigger beer down at the DNVR bar, access to the Discord channel, a free short when you order the annual, uh, lifetime awesome swag status with everyone that you know around here in the community. Just everything that comes with being a part of of the DNVR family really is fun talking sports with you and everything else. Uh, a lot of times in the discord, I, I love getting to know all the other things about people. What you know, obviously we like all of our professional wrestling friends and it's been a wonderful time to get to talk about all that stuff. But 
when a big movie comes out or or a new TV show drops or trailer sort of culturally relevant thing is going on. One of my first thoughts is I wonder what the Discord is talking about. I wonder what they're doing in there on the DNVR Discord. I wonder what the family is chatting about today. So become a member of that family. Subscribe. Come hang out with us. Keep being absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We'll keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark. <laughs>